I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 18 and preview of round 19. So this episode almost didn't happen, but it was saved by Mitch Hildebrand. Yeah! Uh, No, sorry. Sorry, I got carried away. Uh, Actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And for this early episode recording that we're doing, I'm just joined by Mike Denton. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Doing well, Reed. How about you? I I have some complaints, but, you know, overall, I'm okay. I'm okay. How, how can you have any complaints after FC Cincinnati advance in the Open Cup? Well, I'm riding that high. I'm wearing my <laughs> shirt right now, so so that's all good. Got some complaints about this round, which we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, but but in general, overall, I'm pretty good. For those of you all who may be wondering, uh, this show has dropped early. You may be seeing it tonight on Sunday or maybe Monday morning. Uh, we're doing this because games for round 19 start on Tuesday, July 4th. That's right. Very quick turnaround. We want to make sure you get your teams set, your captains set, everything set, because this is a quick turnaround and you want to make sure you have everything in place for the holiday. You want to enjoy it. And you also want to have that enjoyment come from your fantasy. So, Mike, uh, let's just talk about round 18 and how our teams did. How'd your team do? Uh, well, outside of defense, uh, they did pretty well. Um, I, I kept Somali and kept Nikolic, and uh, that paid off well for me. Uh, had you know Harrison and David Villa and uh, Callens. Um, big misses were um, I got scared after Chicago went 120 and picked up some Sporting Kansas City defenders, and that did not go well. Um, Johansson and Gold didn't go well, and then uh, Columbus midfield did not go well. But I mean, I ended with 92 points, so I'm, I'm guessing a whole lot of people around me freaked out and dropped Zamali with the Piotti injury and Nikolic with the um, Chicago uh, Open Cup midweek. So I moved up a few spots, and I'm now in the top 300, which is the first time this year. Um, let's see, my overall value is a little over 110, so um, do, doing doing pretty well. Very nice, very nice. I uh, was not as successful this round. Uh, some of the similar complaints as you, I cleared house on my Chicago back line, which didn't work out for me like I had hoped. Um, I mean, great for Chicago. They brought their A team, so they, and they got it done in a way that I think they wish they had done against FC Cincinnati. I also brought in Sporty Kansas City players, which let's just go ahead and give a shout-out to Blaine right now. Who said that Madrando was a lock to start? So I brought him in and he got me one. <laughs> I, I did too. Blaine, not not okay. Not okay, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Only sabotage your friends when you're playing against them, not when there's important things to go on. Uh, I did also bring in Malia, though, so I got that PK save point. So that, that was my highest scoring defensive unit player with eight points there. Otherwise, I had the wrong New York City player. I debated back and forth between that, so I did not get Callens. Uh, Allison Drini, P- 
picked up his mystery leg injury, and that hurt me. Columbus hurt me, but I got Damali. I got Damali in there, so um, not not a great round. Bunch of red arrows, a few green arrows, surprisingly. Uh, I ended with 82 points, and I am currently on uh, 1,656 points total. That's good for 115th overall, so I'm back out of the top 100. But my team value still did rise. I'm at 111.5 now. Yeah, the big, big thing that saved me this week was I had Vincent on my bench, so I was oh. able to get that clean sheet. Although apparently he was early credited with an assist that they took away. So maybe before the score is actually locked, they'll give him that assist back. <laughs> I don't know I if don't it's know about legitimate that. or not. But just it's a quick turnaround. It's a quick turnaround. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, for the rest of the week, Mike, uh, some of the games that stood out to me, um, New York did New York things when they're at home and and they racked up the points. Um, I'll let you talk about this one. Yeah, I mean, other than Johansson having that keeper error, uh, I mean, they pretty much shut Minnesota down defensively. Um, they didn't generate as many chances when you as far as expected goals, but I mean, they still put up three and they were clearly the better team um, the entire time. So it, you know. You know, if you're talking about the best teams in the league, it's Chicago and New York City. Uh, I think, you know, you can include Toronto in there, although they've had some, some rough form of late. But, I mean, those are the top two teams. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of serious argumentation out, in, outside of Atlanta about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going down. You know, I watched the RSL versus Orlando game, and I wasn't expecting much out of it. I think this would be where we would insert the Jason Yawn sound that we have um but you know what it was better than i thought uh, real salt lake brought a lot of attack against orlando and i was kind of surprised they weren't able to get at least one uh, but that was a clean sheet for orlando city so pleasant surprise for me congrats to both of those teams maybe some good things on the future um that was orlando orlando's third away game so i, I know it's always glad to bring some points home on a run like that uh, yeah, Chicago I mean, apparently needs no rest. I guess they're like an Ironman team. Uh, I think that got a lot of us, but they really brought the pain. But Vancouver has – they're just – you look at their their team list in the fantasy game and it's just red exclamation points everywhere. Just They're just decimated right now. So no real surprise with that. I did bring in Nico. I kept him. Uh, wish I'd had some more because that would have been some clean sheets that we all like. So Diaz is still not playing 90 for – Dallas. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But with uh, Dallas versus Toronto, he helped them even with only 58 minutes. He didn't quite play 60 minutes. That was something he was still able to make an impact of the game with. So I, I think fantasy-wise, he needs to be on your radar. He's he's someone I'm looking at going forward. So it's good to see him being productive during those minutes that he had. Uh, two other games I'll mention. And I'll let you jump in. Mike self-destruct from Columbus against Atlanta. Um, I guess Vialba just seems to have their number when he plays against them a couple of goals this week. Um, I don't know, maybe the break will help Columbus <laughs> reset, but it was just it was just not not good. Not yeah, good. And I mean, then finally, they, go ahead. Oh, they, they've had a real rough, because uh, I was looking at their you know past few results, and outside of two games where they just crushed Montreal and then they had that midweek game against Seattle that Seattle blew off, their results are pretty unimpressive. So, yeah, they, they're a team that really needs the break because they don't have a whole lot of players that are out. You know, they had yeah. some players for Ghana that they had to call back in. But, I mean, they, they really should have done better against Atlanta. They, they didn't do anything. 
um, mm-hmm. which disappointed a lot of fantasy players, including myself. Then the last game I'm going to mention was the game that was played today. Uh, Philadelphia won 3-0 against New England. New England also not hit too terribly hard by Collins, but the 3-0 win with with the players that you're used to seeing do that. Sapong, uh, um, Medonjanin, Medonjanin. I'm going to try to do it right. I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but but those are the players you're expecting to be successful with a scoring like this. I think for fantasy players, it really underscores this is why Philadelphia has players that we need to keep considering. Uh, they they have some hiccups, like most other teams. They have some hiccups. They are recovering well from last season when they just had a horrible season, and they have some guys. Blake did amazing during this game. Uh, so so these are guys that you really want to keep on that watch list. They're not your, always your go-to guys, but look at their matchups, see what's going on, look at their price points. These are some guys that, that can help you fill in your lineups and maybe get your points. Who did you like, Mike? Um, I, th- I think we, we covered it mostly. I, I wanted to go back to the, the RSL game. Um, I, I thought that was a frustrating game to, to watch just because you could see Plata was creating opportunities for chances, but then the young strikers they had, uh, Lennon and uh, I forget who, who the other one was, just just weren't in the right spots to, to get it done. So, um, you know, and, and obviously Rusnak started on off the bench, came off the bench, excuse me, uh, which was a disappointment for a lot of RSL fans, including Jason, who made that game mostly entertaining by, by listening to him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> So, so I mean, I think that was really disappointing because I was, I, I almost picked up Rusnak. I, I know a lot of other people did, um, that, and I, I was, they, 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 they were like so close to, to, to getting it, you know. Um, it, it was like if, if you went on a camping trip and someone promised you like we're gonna have like cartons full of beer and you're like yes it's gonna be awesome and then you get there and you find out it's all bud bunch of Bud Lights, uh, limes, you know, uh, just terrible. <laughs> that that's what it was like uh, watching RSL, you know, th- this week. So we'll we'll, we'll see what they do uh, against LA, who has because um, I, I guess that's the other game we we missed was the Cali Classico. Yeah, um, you know, uh, LA has like twelve. They had 12 players out this week for between injuries, international call-ups, and suspensions. Um, that number will be the same um, this coming week because they're going to have another p- new player suspended. Um, so, and you know they, they couldn't stop uh, the glory of Wondolowski to our, our good friend TK's delight. But <laughs> um, so that that that's going to be um, interesting. LA versus RSL, um, two two teams that looked absolutely terrible <laughs> this past week. Yeah, that's uh, it'd be interesting to see how you talk about that one later on. Yeah. So those are some of the games that that we like from this past round. Uh, moving on to housekeeping as we go forward. As I said, and I can't stress it enough, round nineteen starts on the fourth, the fourth of July. So that's just one day to make your trades. But I guess I guess they're open now. So d- day and a half. Uh, the third, though, you have to get everything done by the third or early on the fourth because all the teams will lock at 7 o'clock p.m. on the fourth. So, again, fourth of July, round 19, deadline. Fortunately, everybody is available. Not all the players, but all the teams, at least, can be drawn from for your player pool. So some differentials could be hot this week. Don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but maybe. Maybe. 
And of course, Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who continues to donate from Patreon. Good news for those of you who follow the MLS Fantasy Insider Twitter account. And of course, I retweet them at Fantasy Boss. But I've got this next shipment of swag all set up. I sent out a picture of it, of it, some pint glasses, some stickers with the envelopes, the little handwritten notes I give you with the poorly drawn stick figure soccer players. Uh, they're, they're worth framing, wouldn't you say, Mike? Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping to, to get some more at some point, you know, so that I can complete decorating my office. Oh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll make sure to send you a big, <laughs> a big mural of, of stick figures doing stick figure soccer things. Uh, but that's what's ready to go out. I'm going to send those out tomorrow, the third, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, you get those soon. Let me know when you get them. Uh, send pictures of your stickers, send pictures of your pint glasses, and uh, we'll retweet them online. I'm thankful every day for everyone who contributes and thinks that our podcast is worth the money that we all know that you work hard to earn. So thank you so much for doing that. And uh, we do this for you. And that leads us into Mike, the injury report and a Reddit question. All right. Um, well, let's talk about the injuries first, then we'll get to the Reddit question. Um, um, we'll start out with some discipline stuff. Uh, yellow card accumulation. There's going to be three players suspended. Higuaita for Orlando. Sonny for RSL and Espinosa for SKC, they won't be available. Um, <clears throat> we talked about all the call-ups last week. They should all be in the game red flagged and arrowed by this point. The only ones who might not be is Kubo Torres. That's because he was not called up to Mexico's preliminary roster, but um, Mexico, one of Mexico's strikers apparently got injured in their friendly, I guess against Panama um, this weekend. So there is some speculation around Houston that Cubo Torres is going to be called up into the Gold Cup roster to replace him. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but be aware of that because Houston might lose Cubo. Um, <clears throat> now to s some injuries. Uh, Gerso for Sporting Kansas City had a separated shoulder, had to leave er early, no timetable. Uh, Cooper for TFC, um, he's leaving for uh, Panama. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a new call-up, but I, I just noticed that um, this past weekend. Uh, Vasquez, he was a surprise omission from TFC's match against Dallas. He is okay. He just left. Uh, he wasn't available for personal reasons, but he is going to be joining the team in Orlando, so he should be available. Tyler Derrick, uh, he missed the match for Houston with food poisoning, so I'm assuming he'll be available uh, for the midweek. <clears throat> uh, then Von Dom for... The LA Galaxy, uh, he received an after-match red card. I think they were both for dissents. And then he dissented on Instagram and told, you know, said something about the referee cost us the match and screwed us over. So um, I think he might get an extra disco uh, on top of that. Uh, let's see, Moro, um, he has left a U.S. camp with a, a quad injury, uh, at least according to some reports. But anyway, he's he's got an injury, so be, be careful about that. Uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, he got a knock uh, in the game uh, against Vancouver. Uh, he had to leave before halftime. I'm going to assume that he is going to be out considering they're playing on turf at Portland. But uh, Chicago hasn't confirmed that yet. Uh, no Torino left at halftime supposedly with uh, inflammation of his hamstring. Um, they said it was just precautionary, but whether or not they'll risk him against uh, Toronto, I I'm not sure. Um 
Oh, actually, I have some more suspended players, but from last week, since New York Red Bulls had a bye, uh, Tyler Adams and Kamar Lawrence are both suspended for this coming week, so they will not be available against the Revs. Uh, Allen for RSL, he is out for the year with a knee surgery, um, so he's he's done. Uh, Moderita, he is out for four months with a metatarsal injury, so that's pretty much putting him out until maybe playoff time, so as far as fantasy, he's done. Uh, Piotti, he picked up an adductor strain. He's going to be out for a few weeks. So um, definitely going to be out against Houston this coming week. Um, Betashore for Toronto, he picked up an abdominal injury that he had to have surgery on. I'm not quite sure like what the injury is, but he, he got kicked in the abdominal section. And it was during a match. I think it was during the Canadian uh, Cup match. So uh, I'm assuming he'll be out this week. I, I, I don't have a timetable for him. And then Delamea for the New York, excuse me, the New England Revolution. Uh, he underwent a nose surgery, uh, no timetable, but I'm assuming he'll miss uh, this coming game and be back after the, excuse me, back after the Gold Cup. So I think those are all of the. Uh, oh, I did miss one. Uh, Laba for Vancouver. He picked up red card and he will be suspended for the match against uh, New York City. So um, those are all the injuries and suspensions that I saw, and. Um, then I guess we'll get to the to the question for Reddit. Yeah, the Reddit question was, who are you most concerned about getting rotated this week, uh, a.k.a. who is likely to get lit up? Well, I mean, m- most of these teams are at somewhat of a risk, but I, I think your biggest ones are Montreal and um, Chicago. And, and the reason Montreal's played two midweek games where they went full-blown in the midweek you know, these past two weeks in the Canadian Cup championships, and they're going on the road to a Western Conference team. You know, and whenever a team plays midweek on the road against an out-of-conference opponent, that's the biggest risk for rotation. Um, now, Montreal is a little low in the standing, so maybe they think, well, we need to try to pick up some points, but I, I think they're a pretty big risk. Chicago, um, kind of the same thing. They're going on the road after playing 120 minutes midweek, and plus, they've they've got the added part of going on turf, so you know, I I definitely think they're going to rest Bash and Schweinsteiger. Um, you know, if anyone else has some injuries, you know, that they kind of picked up or, or needs a rest, now's the time to do it. Um, you know, because they're they're at the top of the conference and, and and can afford to slough a game to make sure that they're they're perfectly healthy for the second half of the season. So um, I think those are the biggest. Uh, Risks, you know, some of the other teams on the road, uh, you know, either didn't play midweek or played half midweek. So I, I think those two teams are are your big concerns. Um, I, you know, the other team, Toronto, who played in the Canadian Championship, they're playing against Orlando and they've had a rough run of form. I, I don't think they're um, going to be losing players, especially since when they come back from the Gold Cup, they're probably going to lose a whole bunch more players. Uh, to international duty when you have those second uh, set of call-ups. So I, to me, it's Montreal and Chicago. What about I you? agree. Uh, but something else about Chicago, not only are they at the top of the conference, but they're at the top of the supporter shield race as well. Yeah. They're doing great. Now they are just above Toronto, I think by two points. So uh, that might be a little bit of motivation for them. But like you were saying with Orlando, they're finally back at home. Uh, this is sort of the opposite of of that question talking about 
Orlando's been on three road games, so they're finally back at home. They're going to want to do something for their fans. I, I think without a lot of defensive absences that they will try to lock it down against Toronto, and hopefully Chicago will stay up top and Orlando will get a win. Okay, now it's time for our round 19 preview. This is going to be game by game since there are just 11 games this round. We're going to start it out with Atlanta versus San Jose. Mike. Okay, well, San Jose is coming off of a a, a big win in the Cali Classico, um, you know, the late-minute goal. And, and so that was pretty cool to watch. Um, but, you know, now they're going to have to cross cross the country midweek against Atlanta, who's coming off a, a surprising road win. Um, and plus, San Jose will not have Godoy, who's been such a big uh, defensive presence for San Jose. Um, you know, with the new coach, I, I don't know what exactly San Jose will do. Maybe we should have talked about them as a rotation risk. But uh, I think this is a big game for Atlanta. I, I think you probably start your week looking to see how many Atlanta players you want to pick up. Um, right now, I have three or four. Um, I mean, we know San Jose's offensive struggles, and just because they got rid of Dom Kinnear doesn't mean those are fixed, uh, especially on a road game. So I think Atlanta defenders are a good bet, uh, and, and we'll be talking about them for a clean sheet possibility. Uh, Almiron is probably a must-have. Um, Almiron at home, pretty much regardless of opponent, is a must-have, but uh, against the San Jose team who, who's good, who loses a lot of players to, to international duty, whereas Atlanta is kind of untouched for internationals if you look at their, their lineup. Um, they're pretty much going to be able to field their A plus squad. So, uh, and Almiron at home, you you pretty much always want them. So, I think Almiron it's must have, and then, and then it's a decision of forwards whether you want Martinez or uh, Villalba. So, um, I, I think that this is one of the pl- places you start your your week, and you know, I need to look at this matchup and figure out how many Atlanta players I want to to start filling up your lineup. Two follow up questions, Mike. One, what's your score prediction? I'll say uh, 2-0 Atlanta. And finally, how do you come to terms with that Viaba or Martinez pick? Um, that, that's, that's a good question because it's, I'm, I, that's something I'm hoping to kind of research this week. Um, I think Martinez is going to be the better one because I think he's a little bit more of a target forward. Um, who, who can play for them. Um, and, you know, San Jose is going to be very defensive. And so, you know, Villalba's speed isn't going to be as important. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I need to kind of double check that because I haven't watched enough of Martinez to make sure <laughs> that that's because I obviously Martinez is very fast as well. But I, I think that's where I'm leading um, this week. Um Kind of similar to the Jack Harrison, Rodney Wallace d- dilemma for New York City. That That's kind of the way I'm approaching it. But um, it, it's, it's hard to tell because we haven't had enough games with Martinez to, to really know what his style is going to be. Sure. He's been getting more minutes as well these last two games. He's played about 80 minutes, and Vialba has gotten subbed off at the 60-ish minute mark. I know that Vialba kind of had a little toe injury last round as well, but he just subbed off, and so no stretchers, no anything like that. I don't think that's going to be preventing him, but I, I'm Team Martinez for, for this game myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Plus, I mean, Martinez is cheaper. And, I mean, the good thing about mm-hmm. this one is we'll, we'll see the lineup. Yes. Um, you yes. know, and so if you see both Martinez and Villalba, 
Uh, you know, Martinez is probably more likely to, to stay in the whole time because uh, I think Villalba got – was it subbed off for Vasquez? Uh, no, who did he get subbed off for? But anyway, you know, I mean, he, he was subbed off after, you know, they, they were up to nothing because he, he scored both of their goals. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm Team Martinez this week. Um, but, you know, obviously if there's some rotation with the lineup with Martinez coming back from injury, you know, that can change. Because he may, he may have gotten subbed off so that he could go uh, 90 this midweek. So. <laughs> That's right. He may, he may have. Well, the next game we have is Minnesota versus Columbus. I'm going to go ahead and say right now my score prediction for this is 2-2. Uh, Columbus's struggles, they they just make me not know what to expect from them. I, I don't know if we're going to get that great blowout game like we saw them do a few weeks ago or if we're going to get this game that we saw last week when, when nobody's really firing on any cylinder whatsoever. Uh, they don't have a great road record, so that's where I think Minnesota's going to be able to get some of these goals, even though they've also been riddled by injuries and call-ups themselves in their back line. So if Columbus can get their game together – then I think they have a chance for some goals, but so does Minnesota. So I, I see this as as a 2-2 game, or at least goals on both sides. It's not my favorite game, though, um, just because I don't know what to really expect from these players since there are some inconsistency issues with them or consistency issues with them. Um, but if you really want to get somebody, fortunately, we also will see the lineup for this game. Uh, I would just stick with the usual suspects. So Molino or Ramirez over with Minnesota and maybe Ibsen if you want to try to get someone who maybe could get some defensive bonus points if Columbus is able to get their attack going. And on Columbus's side, it's Higuain, big gap, and then Ola. And I'd give it a coin toss for Merrim because he did get subbed out in like 60 or 70-some minutes last week, so I don't know if he's cooled off and he might be rotated some. And honestly, Miriam's been rotating pretty much. I don't. I don't know if he's gone ninety um, all year. He. I don't know why uh, Berhalter has been rotating him so much. He seems such an important part of his attack. But yeah, I mean, he he goes ninety rarely. So Miriam is very much a low uh, low floor, high ceiling kind of guy. He's actually had a lot of nineties this year, and that was a big change that we have seen for those from those past years because he did just get those sixties or seventies a lot his past several years with Columbus, he's been seeing more nineties this year, especially when he was like the beating heart of Columbus. And I've always loved Miriam as people who've yeah. listened to the show for a year or two, maybe know he's usually my go-to midfield pick from Columbus. Cause he just does so much with creativity and, and chances that he himself gets for, for points. It doesn't always fall from him, I guess, as they would say on uh, ETR, we're, we're watching the game, not always just looking at the stats. So, <laughs> so that's why I like I like Miram. But if he's not getting those minutes and he's generating these subpar fantasy points, then it doesn't matter how much you like him. Um, he has to fall down your priority list, and that's what he's done for me for this week. Uh, Mike, next to you, Dallas versus DC. Well, this, I, I think this is another really interesting matchup. Uh, I mean, I think we know how bad uh, D.C. United is. Uh, I, I don't think anyone needs me to ask if there's anyone from D.C. you want. Um, you don't. They will have Bill Hamid out, and Bill Hamid is pretty much their defense. So, uh, yeah, I think Rudy is a must-have this week. Uh, I think your big question out of this game is who can you depend on uh, in defense because we will not see this lineup, correct? Yeah, we won't Hedges see and Zimmerman both out. Um, yeah, because we'll have Hedges and Zimmerman both out for their defense. Uh, 
Gonzalez is probably going to be good to go in goal. So the question is, can you trust a defender from them? And how long does uh, Mauro Diaz play? Because if more, I mean, even 60 minutes from Mauro Diaz, I, I think is probably worth it this week because I, I don't see DC on the road um, b- being able to do much. Because DC is another one of those teams who played strong in, in the Open Cup. I, I only said they weren't a rotation risk because at this point, I, I don't think they have any games to be sloughing off. Um, but yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to be good here. I, I think you're looking at 3 nothing, uh Dallas. And that, of course, was our Reddit question for this game, was will Diaz play 90 soon? And uh, I, I agree with you that 60 minutes of Diaz is is worth Diaz. He just does so much for this team to be able to unlock passes and just find options that uh, they just weren't able to do without him. It's just a completely different style of play when he comes in there to just view the game and calm the game down. Um, will he play 90 soon? I don't know. I don't know if he needs to. Because personally, I'd rather be sure he's 100% before you start asking him for that because you don't want that <clears throat> injury to be creeping and, up again. And honestly, part of it isn't... Lost Mike, so we'll give him a second there. Waiting for Mike. Waiting for Mike. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> hey. Uh, where did I cut out? Oh, Yeah. Um, so Moro Diaz, part of the reason he's hasn't gone 90 yet is because Dallas has had so many midweek games. They've been in the Open Cup, and Moro Diaz has played, I think he started in most of those Open Cup games. So that's part of the reason why you're seeing so much rotation is that they're putting him out in all these different games. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good thing because they're trying to take care of him and make sure you know he lasts for the season and, and will be there for him in the playoffs, unlike last year. But... Um, you know, maybe this year, um, this this week, without any games on the horizon, they let him go as long as he can go because they're not resting him up for anything because they got a good week and a half off. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't bank on ninety for him uh, with so, with so many games of both before this fixture. And let's be honest, right now Dallas is sitting at second in the West, so they don't need to be playing him that kind of time. They're they're two games over. I mean, more than two games over Vancouver, which is number seven over there so yeah. they it's, it's not an issue for them if they can save him for 90 for mls cup then that's obviously yeah. going to be their preference and i mean with dc i i could definitely see them going 45 minutes putting up two or three goals and then subbing him out and just you know yeah. bunkering the rest of the the match just to make sure you know they go into the break without any injuries i agree Moving on to other Western Conference teams, Colorado versus Seattle. My scoreline prediction for this one is 1-1. Maybe you should think it'd be different, but uh, Seattle has um, not been hit too hard by call-ups. So I I think they're going to have a lot of good players that they can field, but Colorado's doing a little bit better at home. Uh, So... I think they're going to be able to have that altitude. They're going to be able to have just that atmosphere that that Colorado can bring. And and they've been riding that success, uh, both offensively, which is kind of weird to say, and also defensively. So I think each team has a good chance to score because Seattle does have that core group that they can still hit Colorado with and they can crack it. But um, Colorado has what I'd call a differential and a switcheroo option for for this week. so my two picks from Colorado, Kevin Doyle. 
He's he's got some goals recently. I think he would be a great switcheroo option uh, for this round if you don't want to fill your forward spots with three big forwards already. Uh, after that, I would go with Azira just because he has some consist consistent point production. And if Seattle is going to really bring it to Colorado, that uh, bonus point generation could really help you have a nice score for him, even if he doesn't get anything else out of it. With Seattle, the, the usual suspects, uh, Ladero is definitely one that you can consider. I have to give a shout out to Will Bruin. Um, he's done well this time when he's been needed, and and I actually like the team better with him in it. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Mike. Um, I, I do. Yeah, um, so. Big I mean, Jordan Will Morris Bruin. has not been doing well this year for club or country. Uh, Dempsey seems to be kind of off. Will Bruin's been their best striker. And speaking of Dempsey, I would make him a distant third for my picks if you want him. Yeah, he got a point last week or goal last week. Maybe that gives him an edge for this one. But the official word on why he didn't start was because Seattle was worried about just the time he had played, altitude, turf, and all these things. And they had metrics that they were looking at, played into the decision to not start him and then see what happened, which he did. And then he came in and he got a goal. If those hold true, maybe he won't play immediately versus Colorado. Okay, Mike, I think you've been waiting to talk about this game, LA versus RSL. Hmm. <laughs> um, I wasn't here tonight. Well, you know, he, he shows up sometimes. Just talk about RSL. Uh, the, let's see. This is the resistible force versus the movable object. <laughs> um, LA, we talked about they have 12 players out. Um, they won't have Von Dom. They still won't have Rowe. They won't. I'm, I'm guessing they won't have Alessandrini because I'm assuming whatever his mysterious injury is, um, yeah, they're going to keep him through the break to make sure he heals. Uh, I don't think Giovanni Dos Santos will be back in time. Zardes is out. I, I can go down the list. Um, that that team's a shell. Uh, you know, maybe you could take a punt with Villarreal. Um, you know, since he he'll probably have to play. Uh, against RSL, what's that? Or Botang? Are yeah, are are Botang? You know, kind of one of the backup players. You know, talented uh, Galaxy players who who never get a start for some reason, uh, and just get stuck on uh, Galaxy Two. Um, and then you have RSL, who's been pretty pretty bad uh, on the road. But then again, LA's been bad at home. They're one of the few teams that are w better on the road than than at home. So, I mean, if you want anyone from this game, maybe Rusnak, take a flyer and assume he, he starts. I, I think generally you're staying away from this. I think 1-1, it's goals from weird players who you're probably not going to have on your team if you're saying. I, I would stay away from, from this game uh, entirely um, un unless you're just doing like a differential like Rusnak or something like that. Uh, another game, the next one, New England versus New York Red Bulls. Um you know, I didn't make a score prediction immediately with this one because it's it's kind of weird. I'm I'm gonna give it. Here, here's what I'm thinking. So, New England's missing a big chunk of their midfield, and uh, but they have the choice defenders, so that's good for New England's chances for a shutout. Uh, normally, I'd be more worried about the New York Red Bulls, but they're they're having problems, like capital P problems, or maybe I should say capital D, as in Dax McCarty is is not their problems. Um, so if, if New England can keep pressure on the Red Bulls, if their midfield can keep pressure on the Red Bulls and away from their defense, I think they've got a good shot at a clean sheet. 
but it's but it's still just a shot. So I'm going to hedge my bets, and I'm going to call this a two-one victory for New England. I just the Red Bulls are struggling, and I am not willing to to bet on anybody from their team until they show me some results. If if you're not like me, if you think higher higher of them, maybe like our buddy Tim does, then BWP or question. But for me, I don't want any part of them. For New England, uh, I think Wynn and Fagundes, who I believe we think is, is going to be back, Mike? Yeah, I, I think his suspension is over. I think it was just a one-game suspension for whatever it was Disco thought he did. Yeah, Wynn and Fagundes. And then if you have faith in that clean sheet, then I think Del Mayo. Well, if, if he's back, remember he had the nose injury. Uh, no right, shame. right. If, if you want, I guess, then <laughs> Farrell, if you want uh, someone who's going to be there for sure. But yeah. um, we'll let Mike's Twitter account try to give us updates for Del Mea within the next like 24 hours, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Mike, Orlando versus Toronto. Uh, well, this is an interesting matchup because Orlando's had the kind of rough uh, run of form. You know, they, they were able to get the win uh, against RSL, but they didn't really all that impressive doing so until they subbed Kaká off. So, you know, if Orlando goes ahead and starts Kaká, I, I think Tor- Toronto can can have some success, even with their kind of dip in form. They still have Giovinco, who, you I, you know, obviously we all know by now he's not producing the way he was last year. But they'll have Altidore, uh, and they should have Vasquez back. So I, I think between the three of them, they'll, they'll generate some chances as long as Kaká is out there. You know, if Kaká isn't out there, then they might have some trouble because Orlando's a much better defensive team uh, without Kaká. But um, and, and Toronto does have some injuries in the defensive part, you know, with Moro being out and, and Betashore being out, which I think could cause some problems for them. Uh, I think you could go out the door. Um, I, I wouldn't go Giovinco because I, I don't think his price justifies his output at this point uh, unless you're just kind of going for a differential. Uh, I think... I, th- I think Altidore is a better bet, and Vasquez, who I think is still the assist leader, uh, I think could be a good bet um, as long as Kaká plays. Um, I, I think they're better matchups this week, but um, there there are some interesting differentials here for sure. Uh, I'm going to say it is 2-1 Toronto. I, I thought it was very interesting how Kaká left the field this past week. I'm reminded of when Gio got called out um, earlier in the year, and he – just went straight to the tunnel and smacked the stanchion and just went out there and the yeah. was drawn off and he just walked straight to the locker room. There was no going up to the coach. There was no tantrum. It was just, I'm pissed and I'm just going to walk out. So, yeah. And I was kind of confused because it wasn't like Kyle was generating chances. It wasn't like he was playing well, at least right. like, right. like I'm on a hat trick. Like, let yeah. me stay in here. Kaká had done absolutely nothing and he's done nothing most of this year. I mean, he's gotten some assists, but I mean, he's, generally been a bigger liability than an asset for Orlando. And, and I mean, the problem there is I think Ka has a little bit too much control behind the scenes. I have a feeling if Jason Christ um, had his uh, perfect uh, system, he would not have Kaka in the starting 11, but it could be, you know, there's always a problem when the biggest talking point about a player for a season is that he got injured 10 minutes into the first game and it was gone for a long time. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, that's that's something to keep watching with how that system's going to work. Maybe it's kind of like our uh, preload situation up there in New York. But I mean, at least you know, New York City made the de- the decision to to bench him, and have done a lot better since they benched him. Yeah. Um, so you know, if Orlando can make have the guts to to pull that trigger, um, 
there'll be a playoff team. Otherwise, they, they might be fighting around the red line with Atlanta and Columbus. Okay, the next game, Houston versus Montreal. Uh, this one was another head-scratcher for me. Uh, why? Because, well, trouble in Houston. Uh, for those of you who've been monitoring the minutes of players, Alex has not been starting, and he's just been not even hitting the 30-minute mark when he does sub in. And so that just gives me a lot of questions about where service is going to continue to come from for Houston. I mean, Mike and I were looking at the numbers before the show started, and after Alex, you have to look at, of available players, if you're looking at the available players, you have to have four players added together before you exceed the number of assists that Alex has had by himself so far this season, and two of those players are forwards. So I'm just not sure where that's going to come from. The rumor is that they're going to be making a new signing. That's not available yet. So against Montreal, I think that improves their chances because even without Piotti, Zamali was able to step up, and he got things done uh, at home against D.C. So some caveats there, but... I think that Zamali is your only choice from Montreal if you want to go with an away player, if you want to go with a Montreal player. I like him for this round. I think that he's got some potential, especially with Houston still missing a lot of their big attack players. If Torres is around, I like him and I like Minotas. I'm not sure what their midfield is going to be like, so I just stick with those two players who have a history of production. I'm going to give you a double score line for this one, Mike. With Torres... I think Houston can edge it out 2-1. They have the best home scoring record of all the teams this year, so I think they'll be able to edge it out at home with those players. Without Torres, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw, and I think that one point comes from Zamali in some way, either the goal or the assist. Next game, Mike, Vancouver versus your New York City. Well, this is an interesting one. You know, we, we talk a lot about not picking away teams, this is one of those times where I'm going to tell you to pick an away team. Uh, New York City have played in Cascadia three times. They haven't lost. They've won all three trips to Cascadia. So that big cross-country trip, they, they've handled it pretty well. They'll have an extra two days of rest because they played on Thursday, whereas Vancouver played on Saturday. And if you look at Vancouver on, you know, on Fantasy, what you're going to see instead of white is a bunch of red. A lot of people out um, for injuries or international call-ups or what whatnot. Um, you know, right now they have Andrew Jacobson, who's a defensive midfielder that New York City got rid of, starting as their center back. Uh, their striker, who started the past two matches, is Breck Shea. Um, the, it, New York City is only going to be missing a few players. You know, Wallace and Moderita. They'll have Ring. They'll have Herrera. They'll have Harrison. They'll have Via. And Tommy McNamara, and so I I think this is one where you know you kind of bite the bullet and take the risk and, and go for the away team. Um, I think Davavia is absolutely viable this week. Ha- Harrison is viable as well. Re- really, anyone in the New York City attack I, I think is good. Um, outside of those two, um, you're probably taking a risk. Um, T Mac is probably the most sure to play. Um, other than that. You know, maybe take a super punt. You know, if you're looking for someone cheap, it's part of a switcheroo with um, Jonathan Lewis because I think he he might uh, take the place of uh, Wallace. Um, you know, if if uh, Patrick Vieira is trying to rotate some players in there, I, I think that might be a time to get Lewis some minutes. But um, yeah, I mean, via McNamara, 
Harrison are part of your best options. Uh, obviously, Ring's not a good option. And I think this is a good clean sheet option this week, too. So um, while I wouldn't pick Johansson, um, I think Callens um, or Ben Sweat uh, would be good choices because I think Ben Sweat has now locked down a, a starting position uh, with Moderita being out for some time. So, you know, New York City has a, one of the best defenses and a bunch of really cheap defenders. So they really need to be on your radar uh, every fantasy week from here on out. So, yeah, I mean, you could really go uh, crazy and have four New York City players. I, I don't know if I would do that, but I, I think it's a good matchup. Uh, and I guess scoreline, I'll say 3 nothing New York City. Oh, snap. Wow, that's a big one. I'm glad you mentioned Ring, though, as one of your picks after that little uh, pat on the back you gave him. He's had uh, some nice production over the past several rounds, uh, really looking like a nice, consistent player. I think four points is his lowest score in his last four or five games. Yeah, he, he's one of those players. Yeah, I mean, I think he got like three in the Atlanta game. But, I mean, other than like four has generally been his floor, and, and he's been doing a little bit more. I think the addition of Herrera uh, has really helped him out, you know, because he can share some of those midfield defensive duties uh, and, you know, generate some more points. Because he can take some more chances to get those interceptions and such uh, because he knows Herrera is going to be behind him to, to make it up. Um, and I guess that we didn't mention, I don't, I don't, I'm assuming that Maxi Morales is not back for this game, but stay tuned to that because Maxi Morales was back in training. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to keep him out because it's a, you know, Western conference trip on turf, but if he's available, then he's in a fantasy option as well. So I wanted to m- mention that too. And ring is just 7.7. So a great value as well. The last game I'm going to review, Portland versus Chicago. So uh, Chicago has been great, but as we all know, they have still been subject to the same away woes that uh, every team has has been facing this year and all the previous years. Uh, I also think the tired legs are finally going to catch up with him. I don't think they can play all out as they've had for so many rounds with it not finally getting to him. I think this will be the time with the short turnaround after Another short turnaround. Uh, Portland's also struggled. Let's not let's not deny that. Um, but I think they'll be able to get it together now that they're back at home and that Chicago is probably going to be tired, especially if Schweinsteiger is not available as well. I think that's going to give a lot of play for Portland in the midfield since I think that'll hurt Chicago being able to lock it up. So usual suspects again for Portland and Chicago on the Portland side, Valeri and Adi. I think you can go with that. Audi, not one of my top three forwards this round, uh, but uh, Valeri is definitely up there as a, as a midfield option. And then if you want to go with Chicago, I think it's got to be Nico. He just hungers for goals. So that's that's one guy that I'd be willing to take a punt on on the road. But again, he's not in my top three with, with forwards. So that's what I got, Mike, uh, for Portland-Chicago. Oh, scoreline. Sorry, I almost forgot this time. Uh, 2-1. To when I think that uh, Chicago is just good enough, even on the road, that they'll be able to sneak one in against Portland, which has struggled on defense. So 2-1, Portland versus Chicago. And finally, Mike, Sporting Kansas City versus Philadelphia. Yeah, th- this is one you're probably staying away from, for fantasy, in all honesty. Uh, you know, really your only pick is Sporting Kansas City defense. Um, you know, we know how strong they've been at home uh, defensively. Offensively, you know, especially with Gerso out, I don't see them doing a whole lot. Uh, I mean, your your only offensive threat at this point is like Madronda and Blessing. I, I don't think that's very enticing. 
Um, this is probably an ugly 1-1 game, uh, if I had to guess. A goal kind of coming from a random player. Um, so I think for Sporting Kansas City, you know, really Opara is the only person you're looking at. Um, you just have to be careful because they have had so many games and they've been so careful with Opara. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about him getting rotated. Um, you know, honestly, you're probably better options if you wanted to go Sapong. Uh, and try to take advantage of some of Sporting Kansas City's, um, you know, absences. Majudinin, um, I, you know, he he's been a pretty consistent player, uh, and I don't think there's enough out of Sporting Kansas City to really terrify you this week. You know, it was full strength Kansas City. I might say something different, but this week, um, I mean, honestly, there are better options. But I think if you wanted to go for differentials, Majudinin um, and and Opara. Uh, and Sapong, I, I think, are probably your best options. Although maybe you could even go crazy and say clean sheet um, for one of Philadelphia's defenders. Like, I, I wouldn't go in Yewu because I'm kind of nervous that he might have picked up a concussion uh, in the match uh, that we had today. But um, other than that, like Elliot, I think would be a, a good, good differential pick if you're trying to put a defender on the road. Very nice, very nice. All right, that is all that we have for our picks for the game breakdown. So, Mike, let's move on to our player recommendations. And we're going to start out with a Reddit question, which I think you've already kind of alluded to during your your picks uh, your, or your breakdowns. Um, would you say any players are must-haves for this round? I, I think your must-haves are Rudy, Almiron, and Valeri. Oh, interesting. With that one, uh, I, I hesitate to – I don't disagree – with what Mike's just said as far as those guys being great, great pickup options. I still hesitate to call anybody a must-have this season with the, the different transfer format that we have. That being said, I do think it would uh, behoove people to have Atlanta players on their team because I think it's a great matchup, and I think uh, there's some New York City players that, that deserve some serious looks uh, based on that matchup as well. So... Um, I'm not going to say yes, but is that okay? No. Know. You have no. to drop the hot takes, Reed. You have drop, to drop the hot takes. We don't have a hot take hotline. No. No, no, no. That's because we are the source. We don't need to outsource and get other people <laughs> to bring in hot takes. We can drop the hot takes. I, I got takes as hot as a hot pocket right here. Uh, <laughs> hot pocket. That's just hot until you get to the middle, Mike. Then it's just cold. Exactly. That's what makes him so mysterious. <laughs> oh, well. Well, let's go to our actual picks, uh, starting with keepers. Uh, I, I debated if I wanted to have a backup keeper for this one, um, and I decided no. I'm just going to go with Khan. I think Atlanta does have a great shot at a clean sheet uh, and and offensive powerhouse, so Khan is my pick for uh, keeper, especially with Uzan gone. Yeah, which is probably the, one of the last times we'll be able to say, you know, Guzan will gone. We'll, we'll be we'll be missing Khan soon, and, and we'll have to to jump on the Goose fan train. But um, I'm gonna go with Gonzalez this week. I, I think um, FCD has a some pretty good uh, matchup against DC. Um, I, I guess I'm scared of Wondolowski. You know, he's just <laughs> such a good force. Good, good reason to. <laughs> good reason to. Yeah. So I, right. I've I've Gonzalez and keeper. Who do you like at uh, defender? Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on, on this, but right now I have Garza from Atlanta, uh, Callens, and um, Harris for Dallas because 
Phil told me that Harris is going to start. So if he doesn't, I'm blaming Phil. Oh, well, that's a nice little tip right there. I have to add that to my watch list. Uh, for me, I have a little bit more faith in sporting Kansas City than you do. Uh, I, I like their defense as potentially getting a clean sheet this round. So I think Opara, Ellis, or even Sinovic are players that you would want to look at. I like that tip you gave uh, for, for New York City with some of those budget players. But for me, Gonzalez over at uh, Atlanta is the other one that I'm looking at right there. Yeah, I definitely think you want to have one Atlanta defender this week. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting, you know, pros and cons between them, between Gonzalez Perez and Garza, and, and I think there there was one other I was looking at um, earlier. But yeah, I mean, they they have a really good, yeah. Parker is another good one who who pretty consistently puts up points. Um, so um, yeah, I, I definitely think you want one Atlanta defender this week. And of course, the thing to consider is, like with me, I'm sitting on 111 points. Some people may be lower in that. I'm looking at Gonzalez Perez, 6.3. He's one of the highest players that they have. Uh, Garza and Parkhurst are 5.8 and 5.7, so much more affordable. Mike's Mike's point in general, one Atlanta defender, uh, I think, is is the best advice from that. And any of those three players, I think, are great options. Moving on to midfield, maybe we'll have some interesting conversation here, Mike. Uh, my midfielders are Almiron, Diaz, Zamali. I'm going to go with Harrison, and then I'm still on a toss-up between which of these two players I want. I'm undecided between Wynn and Valeri, but you are much more high on Valeri. Why is that? Okay, um, well, I, I am high on Valeri because – uh, Valeri at home, I mean, he's put up pr- not into all every time, but pretty consistently double digit numbers at home. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Valeri at home is, is as mu- close to a must have as you can um, this season, unless it's just like a really, really bad matchup. Uh, you know, we talked about Chicago having so many, you know, minutes. Um, they won't, will probably not have Schweinsteiger. I, I think this could be a rotation game um, for, for Chicago. Um, so that that's where I, I think, especially for Portland, th- while their defense has a lot of problems, and so I'd, I wouldn't begrudge you picking up some Chicago offensive players, Portland going forward, they're going to be at full strength. He's going to have Valeri. Oh, I guess they won't have Guzman, but they'll they'll have Adi. So I think they'll be able to generate uh, offense there. So that that's why I like Valeri, uh, whereas when he's not going to have Agudelo, um, and that's been such a big source, even though he is at home, and I think he's a I, I've struggled with win um, this week. Uh, the New York Red Bulls generally have most of their defensive players like long available, um, so so I could see them making it tougher uh, for a player like Win this week. Um, so that's why I have Valeri over Win. Um, I like you have Diaz. Um, I'm considering Harrison, but right now I have Ibsen in there because I really like that matchup against Columbus. Uh, and then I have uh, Almiron as well. See, this is why the conversation is good because you've helped me, Mike. You've helped me decide between Win and Valeri. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. So Mike. basically, you're just going to blame me if Win outscores Valeri, right? Yep, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Who do you like for forward? Oh uh, well, a lot of this is going to depend on whether Cubo Torres is available. Uh, but right now, I'm running three forwards with Rudy Torres and uh, David Villa. Um, and if Torres is not available, I think I'm going to pick up Nikolic. I uh, 
am similar to yours. I also have uh, Via and Rudy, but I'm going with uh, Martinez over over Houston because I still kind of struggle as to where some of those assists will come from, unless he's able to generate goals on his own. Uh, and again, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to go with a switcheroo, if you're not planning on running three big forwards, then I think Kevin Doyle is a very interesting switcheroo option for this round. And finally, captains. We've been so high on Atlanta that I, I don't know if there's any way around it, but Almiron is my captain. Mike? I was thinking of captaining Amaro Diaz this week. DC is really bad. Um, you know, San Jose, even though they're on the road, sometimes they can put up some low numbers. Uh, that that that's where I was thinking. I'll probably be talking to Almiron before deadline, but right, as of right now, I <laughs> well, like. I won't do it to you now because I don't want <laughs> you to blame me. But uh, for those of you listening, there will be a poll posted over at Reddit in the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit. Go there, vote for who you want in the captain poll, and join the conversation for why you think that player should be the captain that everyone else should pick. And finally, Mike, best clean sheet chance. Uh, I think the Atlanta and Dallas are, are the best clean sheet chances. Well, I'm going to uh, add Sporting Kansas City to that list, and I'm going to maybe go with New York City with a little question mark around there, but uh, I like Sporting Kansas City, Atlanta, and Dallas. Okay, those are our picks and clean sheet guesses and everything and breakdowns for round 19. I hope you all found those helpful and that you can use them to help rise up the ranks and beat your friends because that's what's fun. Now moving on to community time. The r slash fantasy MLS top scorer this week was Luke Erickson, manager of team Bloodbath and Beyond. Wow, you are <laughs> cutthroat, Luke. Wow. Uh, but you had a high score of 127 points, which was just one point shy of the top score overall. So uh, awesome, man. I'm not going to not going to argue with your team name with that because you smoked me this round. So congrats, man. Great score. Moving on to the Patreon League. Uh, RJ Gage has kept his number one spot based on his total overall score. Uh, but Jason Hicks has more wins than him. So that's right. 12 wins. What's up with that? I don't know. They're tied with points. And so he's winning based on his total score in the overall game. Mark Prince medal has made it back into the top three, and I fell to fourth place after a disappointing one-point loss. I'm feeling your pain from the past couple rounds, Mike. One-point loss to Connor Marshall. So congrats, man. The host, MLS Fantasy Insider host, head-to-head league, uh, Andrew Crawlard has kept his number one spot this week, even after a loss. And Andrew, I can't believe you had this loss happen. Uh he and I, I'm number two, he and I both have a record of 12-1-5, and, and he is beating me based on overall score points, which is just seven little points. Seven <laughs> points separates number one from the host league for me. Uh, unfortunately, the loss that Andrew had was to our good friend over at Fantasy Football 24-7, who has now moved into third. Andrew, you had one job. What happened? What happened? Mm. Uh, but everything is close. Uh, Mike, how did your game go with Blaine? Surprisingly, I did not lose by one point. I actually won uh, pretty handily 92 to 66. So at least I was able to avenge myself from Blaine's uh, bad Madrando advice. 
Yeah, this round had uh, larger gaps than the past several rounds, and I think it's just because it was so just screwy with open cup and rotation risks and some of these late injuries and call-ups that I I'm not surprised just to see points all over the place this round. Uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez beat Jason Wiskovich 86-63. Like I already mentioned, uh, Andrew Crawlard lost to Fantasy Football 24-7, 90-104. That was not the highest score of the round. Uh, Simon lost to me, 31-82. to 82. Uh, Ben Bear from MLSsoccer.com beat our friend Tim with a high score for this week of 111 points. Dang, Ben, bringing the pain. Uh, Andrew Wiebe lost. Go figure. No, Andrew Wiebe lost to uh, Ivan the Terrible from our friends at Fantasy Football First, 80-105. to 105. So one of Andrew's better weeks. And then finally... Our good buddy Travis won over our friend Phil, who Phil is pretty high in the ranks, so he's he's not a guy to ignore. Uh, 109 to 93. So unfortunately for Phil, this was one of those times when uh, his score just did not pan out too well for him for our head-to-head -head league. But that's did, why it's fun. Did you see what Phil posted on Twitter that he is lower in yes. our table than he is overall? Because I think he's like eighth overall and ninth in our head-to-head -head league. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tough. This is what just what makes. Head-to-head, -head, so much fun. Um, doesn't matter. Just those good weeks you have match up with just excellent weeks that other people have. And while that's helping you out overall, it's not helping you out here. But Phil's a great guy, knows lots of stuff. We'll have him back on the show in the second half of the season. So congrats, Phil. I bet you'll have a, a better time next time. I, I think you're going to win next time. Uh, so speaking of next time, round 19, big game. Uh, number one and number two, I am taking on Andrew Crawlard. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Mr. Guy Sanchez. Jason is taking on Mike. Oh, I can't wait for the next show. Blaine is taking on Travis. Phil is taking on Andrew Weeby. So congrats, Phil, on your win there from the taco. Ivan is taking on Ben Bear from MLS. And Tim is taking on Simon. That's how it's all going to be next round. Uh, like we said, the round starts early. Then we're going to have a bit of a break, uh, a week off for the Gold Cup. But I think Mike's going to be doing a special episode. So no tips. Watch those games. Wait for what Mike has. It'll be fun. That's all that I have for the show this week, Mike. Uh, anything you want to wrap up with plugs? Uh, well, let me plug that um, show next week. Uh, you know, since we, we're not having a don't have to do any picks. We're going to kind of have a, try to hope to have a, a round table, you know, to talk about some things about the game, you know, the rule changes, how we feel, you know, halfway through the season, what we like, um, what some proposals are. So I'm going to be starting a, a Reddit thread, you know, for you to get your suggestions, you know, both uh, how the game was kind of run, you know, some of the new contests, new prizes, you know, what, what y'all think about like the opening weekend challenge, stuff like that, uh, you know, unlimited transfers, budget changes, all that. Um, next week's going to be a, a time to talk about it. So get your comments, criticisms, theories, proposed rule changes, whatever crazy things on your mind. Next week's going to be a great chance to talk about it because we'll have the week to be bored to do nothing uh, except for watch the Gold Cup and talk about proposed fantasy changes. So I think it's going to be a real fun episode next week. I'm still trying to line up the guests, but it uh, should be a lot of fun. So definitely tune in next week. 
All right. Thank you so much, Mike. And of course, uh, for me, just check out MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantasy section of MLSsoccer.com. There will be at least one article that I get put up there for this short round, my picks article, which may be a little bit different than what you heard on this show tonight. So still check it out. Support everything that happens there. And then MLSFantasyBoss.com will have a lot of articles published. In fact, I'm going to start working on them right now as soon as we finish recording and I edit this episode. So it'll be a whirlwind of a week. But I think it'll be fun. And, of course, everyone, have a safe and happy 4th of July. Good luck.